All right, good morning. I don't think anybody heard me. Good morning. All right, there we go. Uh, welcome to worship. We're glad you're with us this day, and uh, it's a good day to be together. If you would uh, turn in your bulletins to the back, we've got some opportunities this week, and as always, remember the tear-off portion. Any guests, fill out the blue side, put it in the offering plate as it goes by. Yellow side has a place for prayer requests, and we pray for uh, anything you might uh, need prayer for on Tuesdays in our staff time. So please, uh, you don't have to say any names. If you just like it anonymous, that's fine. Just anything you'd like us to pray for. On the back, we have opportunities for the week. And uh, wanted to make mention, today at 1230 is the baby sprinkle for baby Eli. It's a lot of babies in that title. Now, it is not a baptism. It isn't a sprinkle baptism. We don't do that. I don't know. I haven't seen Tim do any sprinkle baptisms. No, no, we're not. Um, so what it is, and I had to get clarification of this, it's a baby shower, but a shower, a small shower is a sprinkle. That's where they're going with this. So if that makes more sense to everybody, that's what it is at 1230. Everybody's invited over in the FLC uh, for that time. So 1230 today. And then tonight we have our encounter service, RAs, GAs, choirs, mission friends, Adult choirs, ensemble, youth, and handbells, so a good night to come back and enjoy our fellowship together. This week, we have uh, basketball on uh, Monday nights, volleyball on Thursday nights, and let me see if there's anybody here who was there Thursday. I don't want to be too critical. Oh, there is one. Faye, don't take this personally. You do not have to be a good volleyball player to come out Thursday nights. <laughs> No offense. <laughs> All right. This was, this was, it was nice being on staff here. And, and, um, so Thursday nights are anybody's welcome to come play volleyball. Uh, and if you would like to come, seven to nine is when we play. We keep score, but it's not really that competitive. Well, it could be competitive. depends on who comes. I'm okay with it either way. But it's a good time. You haven't had fun until you've come out on Thursday nights for volleyball. So uh, basketball's Mondays. Volleyball's Thursdays. This week on Wednesday night, we've got soup and sandwich for, for Wednesday night supper. Sign up for that. And Awana's Connect Groups and Youth and Midweek Bible Study. Anything I forget, Tim? All right. So I think that's everything. Linda, are we good? All right. Come on up. Well, good morning. Um, before we begin praise and worship, I have one quick request. I am looking for seamstresses, I think that's a word, to help make uh, a few costumes for our Easter program, which is going to be held on March the 25th. Um, we need just plain costumes and covers. You can't hear me? Can you hear me now? You can't? I can talk. Whoa. Okay, so I'll start over. Good morning again. Before we begin praise and worship, I'd like... I'm looking for some seamstresses to make a few biblical costumes for our Easter program. If you would like to sew, want to sew, you don't have to do 5,000, maybe just one or two. If you would see me or send me an email, I would really appreciate it because Linda doesn't sew very well. So if you can help out in that ministry, please let me know. Okay, I am very thankful that our God is mighty and awesome and caring. Are you? How about amen? Okay, so turn in your hymnals to number five, 
If you need it, we're doing the course, How Great Is Our God. I want you to stand up and go tell everybody hello and you love them and you're glad they're here while Dwight starts playing, okay? Stand up, say hello to your neighbor. If you see somebody you don't know, introduce yourself. Read from Psalms. Eighty six. Psalm eighty six. Incline your ear, O Lord, and answer me, for I am afflicted and needy. Preserve my soul, for I am a godly man. O you, my God, save your servant who trusts in you. Be gracious to me, O Lord, for to you I cry all day long. Make glad the soul of your servant, for to you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. For you, Lord, are good and ready to forgive and abundant in loving kindness to all who call upon you. Give ear, O Lord, to my prayer. Give heed to the voice of my supplication. In the day of my trouble, I shall call upon you, and you will answer me. There is no one like you among the gods, O Lord, nor are there any works like yours. All nations whom you have made shall come and worship before you, O Lord. They shall glorify your name, for you are great and do wondrous deeds. You alone are God. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you for all that this psalm says that you are, and you are so much more, that you alone are God, and you are worthy of all our praise. You are great and greatly to be praised. God, we thank you for uh, the joy in which you bring us, your children, your sheep, as you forgive and you give us your loving kindness. God, we pray in uh, this hour that your abundant joy come to us and that we make known how great the name of Jesus is. God, we pray uh, 
that in this culture in which we live, we pray in this generation, we pray in this uh, community, we pray that we would be uh, those who stand upon your truth, who uh, are unshaken by the ebb and flow of life and are secure in your grace and in your mercy. God, help us to reflect uh, you and help us to glorify you. We give you this service. We pray your Holy Spirit would be here amongst us, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, we are going to sing hymn number 28. I'd ask you again to stand as we sing, To God Be the Glory, uh, hymn number 28. seated. 
If you would take out your insert in your bulletin entitled The Good Shepherd, that will be our responsive reading for this morning. Uh, I will read the lighter portion, and together with Tim, you will read the darkened portion. The Good Shepherd. Then Jesus said to them again, Most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and they may have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. I am the good shepherd and I know my sheep and am known by my own. As the father knows me, even so I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they will hear my voice, and there will be one flock and one shepherd. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give them eternal life. They shall never perish, neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. And no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. If you'll take your hymnal in hand again and turn to hymn number 161, Savior, like a shepherd, lead us. Will you stand as we sing? Savior, like a shepherd, lead us. Much we need thy tender care. In thy pleasant pastures feed us. For our use thy folds prepare. Blessed Jesus, blessed Jesus. Thou hast bought us thine we are. Blessed Jesus, blessed Jesus, thou hast bought us thy, we are. We are thine, do thou befriend us, be the guardian of our way. Keep thy flock from sin, defend us. Seek us when we go astray. Blessed Jesus, blessed Jesus, hear, oh, hear us when we pray. Blessed Jesus, blessed Jesus, hear, oh, hear us when we pray. Thou hast promised to receive us, poor and sinful though we be. Thou hast mercy to relieve us, grace to cleanse and power to free. Blessed Jesus, blessed Jesus, early let us turn to Thee. Blessed Jesus, blessed Jesus, early let us turn to Thee. 
let us seek thy favor, early let us do thy will. Blessed Lord and only Savior, with thy love our beings fill. Blessed Jesus, blessed Jesus, thou hast loved us, love us still. Blessed Jesus, blessed Jesus, thou hast loved us, love. Good morning. It's a little snippet that I read a couple weeks ago. It says, the mercies of God can be seen in the rearview mirror. So often we take things for granted. We think that we're supposed to be alive. We're supposed to get up every morning. We're supposed to close ourselves. And we don't realize how merciful God is, how good our God is. And we do serve an awesome God. As we go to prayer this morning for our offertory prayer, remember the things that God has done for you as we present ourselves back to him. Father God, a few of your believers have gathered themselves here this morning, O Lord, for we are grateful for the things that you have done for us. O God, we come to you knowing that we have not been righteous, we have not said anything so good, O Lord, but it's because of your love and your mercy is why we are here today, O God. We present ourselves here to you this morning, O Lord, as an offering of sacrifice. We also bring to you this morning, O Lord, our tithes and offerings, and we pray, O Father God, that you will take them and let them be used however you see they to be used into your kingdom. Now, Father God, we also lay down at the foot of the cross this morning all those who are sick, all those who are needy, and all those, oh, Father God, who are crying out to you. We thank you and we praise you for who you are. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen.
Shall we pray? A gracious and eternal God, we call you gracious because indeed your grace has been visited upon us through your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. And for this we give thanks. We are grateful, Father, for the power of your love to lift us up and to redeem us and to provide for us now and throughout eternity. We are grateful, Father, that as we trust you, you give to us out of the abundance of your mercy. And you show us the way to abundant living now. Thank you for the opportunity to be in this house of worship. Recognizing that as we come here, Father, we do so to bring honor to your name. To serve you through this act of worship. Recognizing, Father, that when we leave here, we leave here to serve. We're thankful, Father, for each person present. We're grateful, Father, that we can pray on behalf of their loved ones. Of those, Father, who are ill and hospitalized. For those who are recuperating at home. For those who are facing surgery whatever the circumstances, as we give them to you, Father, we pray that your will would be done and that we could be at peace with your will. We're thankful, Father, for the message that we have to share. We pray, Father, that you will be with those who are sharing all over this country today and for those, Father, around the world, missionaries, who have given up so much to go so far to teach in the name of Jesus and to do in the name of Jesus. We stay so they go. Help us to pray and to give in support of their work. We pray for our nation, for the many things that plague us and trouble us as a people. We know, Father, that the answer rests in knowing you. Forgive us for our failure to share that message. Help us, Father, to depend on you as we seek to share. We're thankful for your word For indeed it is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. We're thankful that we can listen this morning for a word from you. For we make this prayer in the name of Jesus. Amen. Calvary is the sea, is about each of us here today. No matter how much we express our love for Christ, it's but a drop of dew 
compared to the oceans on this world. We hope this will impact each of you in some way. If I could take the love I feel and armor it with words more than what my heart could give is still much less than you deserve. No sacrifice I could give to you could match what you've given me for my everything is but a drop of dew and Calvary is the sea Calvary is the sea should ever doubt your love, my only prayer would be that you would keep your rugged cross etched upon my memory. No sacrifice I could to you could match what you've given me for my everything is but a drop of dew and Calvary is the Calvary is the Calvary is the sea, is the sea. 
Our scripture reading this morning is found in the Gospel of John, chapter 10, verses 7 through 10, under the title, Are You Living the Abundant Life? that Jesus speaks of so emphatically in chapter 10. Then Jesus said to them again, Most assuredly I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers. But the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Many professing Christians find themselves living far short of what could be classified as the abundant life as described by Jesus. Many who confess Jesus Christ as Lord find life to be a barren desert with one disappointment after another. Some have become cynical over whether or not Jesus Christ is able to produce what he said he can accomplish. The abundant life is not to be equated with the affluent life. Some people think of happiness only in terms of the possession of material things. Our Lord has little of this world's valuable things, and yet He holds the whole world in His hands. He did not find happiness and joy in the mere possession or control of things. Faced with a stubborn lack of understanding on the part of his hearers, Jesus returned again to the pastoral scene pictured in verses 1 through 5 of this chapter and began to identify parallels with the religious situation in which he found himself. It indeed was a religious situation. It was not a situation of faith, but a situation of religion on the part of those who were trying to discredit Jesus and all those who would attempt to follow him. This text from Jesus' lips should be planted deep within our mind and heart that we might be reminded over and over of God's generous purpose. Jesus is affirming his concern for us and his desire that we experience more than just mere existence. Christian life is meant to be a fest rather than a fast. God means for our life to have a surplus rather than a deficit. The psalmist in the 23rd Psalm allowed us to see this more clearly when he said, My cup runs over. God's blessings and out of his abundance, the shepherd in the psalm understood the power of of the abundant life that comes to those who follow Jesus. But why is it that so many profess to know Jesus Christ as Lord fall far short of the abundant life? It is because they have a false concept of what the abundant life is. They have allowed and many of us have allowed the world to define for us what abundance is. We look to the world so many times when we should be looking beyond the world to the reality that is faith in Jesus Christ. 
It is because people expect God to hand them something on a silver platter merely because they have received Jesus Christ as Lord. The abundant life is promised to those who totally commit their lives to the lordship of the Good Shepherd. Jesus used the Good Shepherd and shepherd analogies many times in order to show the people out of their very existence and what they were accustomed to, how that God had become for them them what no one else could become in Jesus Christ. But in this particular passage, Jesus uses the symbolism of the door to make his point. Here what he says is given two applications in which the function of Jesus is likened not to that of the shepherd, but to that of the gate and its keeper. In verse 8, Jesus regulates the access of shepherds to the sheep, whereas in verse 9, he regulated the access of the sheep to fold and pasture. In other words, Christ alone controls both the ministry and the membership of his church. Whereas the rulers of old Israel were accredited by heredity, priests and kings, and by human ordination, rabbis, the leaders of the new Israel are admitted to service only by Christ. Christ says He is the door. In later verses in John chapter 14, we know that Jesus said He was the way, the truth, and the life. He is the door that we are to go through. Likewise, wherever one gained entry to the old Israel by circumcision, sacrifice, and faithfulness to the law, one may enter the new Israel only by Jesus through personal faith in Christ. In promising that all whom he accepts will be saved, Jesus claimed to do the supreme work of God. Such salvation is not a static possession, but a dynamic pilgrimage in and out to find pasture, the pasture of life, which He will abundantly provide. What are some of the aspects, though, of abundant living, and how can it truly be achieved? Jesus has shown us that He is the way to abundant life. He is the one who regulates the door. He is the one who allows us in and out. First, abundant living comes to those who live a life of genuine faith. However great are the blessings that come to the messianic flock through Jesus, it may at first seem harsh and uncharitable to contrast all the religious leaders who came before him as thieves and robbers whose only purpose was to steal and kill and destroy. But Jesus was looking for something more than religion. Religion does not save. Religion does not give us what Jesus is speaking of. Jesus was looking for genuine faith. Just as Jesus in John chapter 9 was no harder on unbelievers than Isaiah had been, so here was more severe, so here he was no more severe in condemning ministerial malpractice than Ezekiel had been. Everyone entrusted with the spiritual welfare of others must face the sober truth that to whom much is given, of him will much be required. 
The religious leaders who were confronting Jesus in his earthly ministry had faith, but it was a misplaced faith. It was faith in religion, not faith in God. Their faith was in their customs and their traditions. And if we're not careful, the same thing can happen to us. We come to church each week and we're comfortable with our routine and our ordinances and the way we do things. And if we mix it up a little bit, some of you are not happy. We must learn to allow God to speak through us and use us in a way that exemplifies our faith. Not our religion, our faith in Him. To really trust God, to have faith in God, means to unite with Him and let Him be the controlling partner in your life. And control is a hard thing to give over, isn't it? Because we all want personal control over ourselves. And some of us want control over other people and other circumstances. But I can tell you truly, we aren't in control. You may think you are, but you're not. Because right now in your body could be something that is destroying you and you wouldn't even know it. Until you went to the doctor with symptoms and the doctor did some exploratory things and found out what was wrong with you. And then he would come to you or she would come to you and say, I have found this problem. And you would say, I didn't even know it was there. So how much control do we really have? Jesus would have us give control over to God through Him, if we were to understand what it means to have an abundant life that's filled with the peace of God, to trust in Him is to believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. It means to depend on Him and to accept His suggestions and His corrections and His admonitions and His commands. Accepting Jesus for who He says He is. Two boys were watching the sunset. One said, what father said about the earth moving and the sun not moving can't be true. Look, the sun moves. It's lower in the sky than it was a few minutes ago. And the earth doesn't move for we've been standing on it all this time. His brother answered slowly. You can trust your senses if you want. But I'm going to trust my father's word. You see, that's the key to our relationship with Jesus Christ, trusting the Father's Word. John started this gospel by saying, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God and the Word was God. The Word gives us strength. The Word is where we can place our faith as we seek to come to terms with Christ in our lives. The second thing about abundant living is abundant living comes to those who live a life of prayer. A little boy dressed up in his Sunday best to see his grandmother was told by his mother to wait while she got ready on the porch and not to dare go down the steps to the street which was full of mud puddles. He did well for a while. But when the neighborhood pals engaged in a mud fight, he couldn't resist. He went down the first step, then the second, and before long he was right in the thick of the mud battle. 
Just then down the street came the ice cream man, jingling his bell, offering ice cream. The lad rushed into the house and asked his mother for money so that he could get a comb. She took one look at him and angrily answered, Look at yourself. You're in no condition to ask for anything. You see, God knows we're not in any condition to ask for anything. And yet, out of His love and His abundance, He gives to us anyway. His love for us is like the song that you sung a while ago. His love for us is far greater than any understanding we could have of love. Our understanding of God's love is like a drop of dew. But His is the ocean. And out of that love, He gives. Prayer is much more than bringing a grocery list to God. It is a precious experience of dialogue between a loving, trusting child and a generous and wise Heavenly Father. The needy child brings or her his or her needs and aspirations to the attention of the Heavenly Father. The Father is too wise to be in error and too good to do His child harm. He will always grant our request in a manner consistent with His will Nature and character. And sometimes that's difficult for us to understand. But it goes back to the first principle of abundant living. We must live by faith. Prayer gives us opportunity to talk with God in a way different than any other contrived God in the universe. God is interested in us and our well-being. In a world mired in sin, we are confronted with difficulties and trouble. But knowing that God cares for you can give you a peace that cannot be bought but only received by God. And through His grace. So faith can lead to an abundant life. Faith in God, not in religion. The second thing that can lead to abundant living is prayer. Prayer in God's will. The third thing that we see about abundant living comes to those who live a life of obedience. The true sheep of our Lord hear His voice and follow Him in a life of loving obedience. Look at verse, 29 of chapter, or verse 27 of chapter 10. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. There is no substitute for obedience and there is no joy in the life of a person who is disobedient to the known will of our great God. If you would find the abundant life in the here and now, it will be along the pathway of obedience to God as He seeks to keep us from evil and lead us in growth and ministry. Like the psalmist said, God makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. God shows us the way through obedience. And that's difficult. That's difficult for us. Jesus carefully described what it meant to belong to his sheep and in so doing provided a summary of his works in the Father's name. Four components were identified in the dynamics of discipleship. First, the sheep hear the voice of the shepherd. They are open to the message of the gospel. They hear. Many times, and I've said it before, we may hear but we're not listening. Hearing and listening are two different things. God calls us to hear Him. 
we know what it's like when people hear, but they're not listening. Anybody that's had a child knows that. They may hear, but they're not listening. I can say the same thing about my children who are grown, but I can say the same thing about my dogs. One of them can hear, so we will excuse her. But the other one can hear and doesn't always listen. But God says that the sheep hear the voice of the shepherd. It's a familiar voice. You know the importance of a familiar voice in times of need and struggle, don't you? It's always good to hear a familiar voice. Someone that you recognize. And the sheep recognize their shepherd. The second thing is because they are willing to listen, they learn that Jesus already knows them. He is sensitive to their individual needs. Jesus knows our needs before we do. He knew our greatest need. That's what took him to the cross. Our need for forgiveness. Third, convinced that he cares and can help. They follow him in a personal relationship of trust and obedience. If you know someone cares, you're more likely to follow them, aren't you? Because you trust them to not lead you in the wrong way. And fourth, in this pilgrimage, he gives the eternal life that no foe can destroy. We read about it earlier in our responsive reading. Once we are in the hand of God, he is control, in control of us. Notice the beautiful balance achieved here between human and divine initiative. The sheep hear and follow while the shepherd knows and gives. We listen, but he speaks. We ask, but he knows. We follow, but he leads. We receive, but he gives. The fourth way that we can come to abundant living comes to those who live a life of giving. Those who are selfish may possess many things. But this will not mean that they are enjoying the abundant life our Lord came to provide. The more selfish people are, the less they will truly enjoy God's blessings. Only those who learn the joy of giving will experience the joy of living. This is true in the business world, in marriage relationships, and in spiritual things. Since Jesus worked as God's representative, his flock always enjoys divine protection from false leaders who would snatch them away. Between the flock and all its foes stands the fearless shepherd as a bulwark of security. To be in his hand is also to be in the Father's hand because the two are one. The unity affirmed here is not primarily a metaphysical oneness of being, a mystical oneness of emotion, or a moral oneness of will. Rather, the reference in this context is to shared oneness of power and concern on which the followers of Jesus may depend to save them from destruction by their foes. Peter understood that, didn't he, when he spoke to the church of the dispersion in Asia Minor when he said, Be patient, wait, God will care for you. You may suffer in this lifetime, but in eternity, the glory of God will be revealed to you. It's important for us to understand the necessity of giving of ourselves in order to be obedient to God. Looking to Him for all hope and all power and all blessing. 
A ragged boy with a violin under his arm once roamed the streets of Europe. A famous musician hearing him play and learning the boy had no home nor family took him under his wing. He became a father to the boy and taught him all he knew about the violin. The boy practiced faithfully. Came the evening of his performance. He played the violin so well that after each number the applause was deafening. But for some reason, the boy paid no attention to the ovation. He kept his eyes turned upward and played on and on. The audience was mystified at his strange behavior. Finally, someone remarked, I don't understand why he's insensitive to this thunderous applause. He keeps looking up all the time. I'm going to find out what is attracting his attention. Moving about the concert hall, the observer found the answer. There in the topmost balcony was the old music master peering over the railing toward his young pupil and nodding his head as if to say, Well done, my boy. Play on. The boy played on, seemingly unconcerned whether the audience liked it or not. He was playing to please his master only. When we learn to play to please our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, we will begin to understand what abundant life is. As long as we are kept low by the world and we compare ourselves to the world and what the world standard might be for the way you look, the way you dress, the way you act, the people you associate with, all of those things, you will live a life of frustration. It all comes down to are you looking to the Lord? We look many times, but we don't see, do we? Yesterday, you know my routine on Saturday unless there's some outlying thing. Go to McDonald's, make your grocery store list, go to Kroger, bring the groceries home. If you're there, you know it to be true and you can testify. Yesterday at McDonald's, Janet and I, I don't know how it happened. and I still really hadn't gotten over it, but we couldn't see it sit in our regular seat. You know how that is at church, don't you? But I don't do like some of you. I don't ask the people to move. I just sit somewhere else. But sitting somewhere else gave us a different perspective. And we noticed there was a lady sitting across and sort of behind me. And she had a cup of water. And I said to Janet, I said, I bet you she doesn't have anything to eat. Because who comes to McDonald's and drinks a cup of water? So I went to see her. Introduced myself and said to her, have you eaten anything? And she started to cry. 
And she said no. And I said, well, I want to get you something to eat then. What would you like? And she cried some more. And she told me what she wanted. Just a biscuit with an egg. So I went and bought it. And brought it back to her. And while I was gone, Janet said she cried the whole time. And I gave it to her and she thanked me. And I didn't want to put any kind of strings to it. So I told her she was welcome. And I went back to my seat. I could have ignored her. I could have looked at her and not seen her. But God sees us, doesn't he? And he wants us to look too. And see the needs that are around us. And in so doing. Allow other people out of our abundant lives. To feel that power. It's important for us to understand. That if we are to make a total response to the Lord of life and love. He wants to help us experience an abundant, fulfilled life. Let us not be satisfied with a fractional response. Because the measure you give will be the measure you get. Jesus said very clearly, The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it. More abundantly. I didn't tell you that story to puff me up. I told you that story with all humility. Because how many times do we go places and we look. But we don't see. Jesus looks. At us. And he sees. He knows our need. He knows what we need most. And what we need is not religion. We need Him. Shall we pray? Oh Lord, we are grateful this morning. For the gift that comes to us through Jesus. And for the words of the gospel. That show us who cares for us. Who loves us. And who provides for us abundance. Help us Father. To not only look. But to see. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Our invitation hymn is number 470, Without Him. Without Him, I could do nothing. Jesus, indeed, is the gatekeeper. And without Him, 
we indeed can do nothing. But he calls to us every day. The invitation is open to anyone who received Christ as Savior and Lord. Give your life to him. He will forgive you and open the gate and let you in. Will you stand as we sing? Without Him I could do nothing. Without Him I surely fail. Without Him I would be drifting like a ship without a sail. Jesus, oh Jesus, do you know him today? Do not turn him away, oh Jesus, oh Jesus, without him how lost I would be. Without him I would be dying. Without him I'd be enslaved. Without him life would be hopeless. But with Jesus, thank God, I'm saved. Jesus, oh Jesus, do you know him today? Do not turn him away, oh Jesus, oh Jesus. Without him, how lost I would be. Thank you for being a part of this service today. Two months of 2018, two months of Sundays are gone, aren't they? And uh, we move through the year, and it's a joy to be together. We've made it so far, and hadn't had to call anything off on Sunday morning. In that one, I shouldn't have said that, but we hadn't had to call anything off because of weather. And I'm grateful that you're here today, and the flu bug hopefully is behind us, and we can move forward into spring and look forward to Easter and uh, warmer times. Um, we do have the sprinkle. Uh, I know it didn't cross your mind, uh, but it crossed mine that I better explain because there's somebody out there saying, are they doing a sprinkle in a Baptist church? I didn't think we did that, you know. So, um, Everybody said, well, I knew what it meant. I said, yeah, but there's always one, you know. So uh, we wanted to make sure you knew about that. Uh, baby Eli was in the NIC unit at St. Mary's Hospital for 109 days. He was born in October. He wasn't due till the 29th of January. And he survived and has thrived, is beginning to thrive. And so they wanted to do something in celebration of that. And so that's why they're having the sprinkle 
uh, following this service. And so I wanted to let you know that. Um, if you'd like to stop by, you're welcome to do so. Uh, I was asked with my benediction to do a blessing for those who are staying. So I will do that uh, as we depart today. But again, it's always a joy to be together in the house of the Lord. Let's bow for our benediction and blessing. Father, as we depart today, we're thankful, Father, for baby Elah and for the prayers that have been lifted on his behalf and the prayers that have been heard and that he has a life before him. We're grateful, Father, for the power of your love to set us apart and to redeem us now and forevermore. Thank you for the food that we're about to receive. Bless it to our bodies as we seek to serve you. Thank you for your love shown to us today, tomorrow, and throughout eternity. In the name of Jesus, amen.